Modesty, chastity, self-control, those are fruits of the Holy Spirit that sometimes are missing in our life. And we complain. Why do we complain? Can you imagine someone saying, I'm not good enough? What is missing in our world? After all, what really matters is here and now. You got the chance. Take no prisoners. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It is what it is. We cry so much about the situation of the world. But did you hear the bad news? We don't have a place for God in our world because the fruits of the Holy Spirit are not present. I don't need this life to come, Holy Spirit madness. I have all I want here on earth. All I can touch and see, it is what it is. So if you're a professional complainer like all of us, don't miss this episode. The 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit and how to have them present in your life. Welcome to Salve Maria, the podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. Salve Maria to the audience, to this new episode of our podcast with the Heralds of the Gospel. And we're very happy to have, uh, like always, Father Arthur. Salve Maria, Father Arthur. Salve Maria. Brother Pleasure. Justin. Salve Maria. We also welcome, like always, the different audiences that follow us in uh, YouTube. By the way, the YouTube channel is really growing. I think we're having like three, four hundred people uh, a week. I don't know. This is really, really nice. And by the way, if you also want to share... And if you have subscribed, of course, share with your friends, because this is a very important initiative that we're trying out with evangelization. Leave your comment. Comments are very, very important. We also greet the people in Radio Maria Canada, a Catholic voice in your home. And we also, of course, greet everyone that watches us in uh, WhatsApp and different uh, channels and different ways. Now, uh, the, the, the program today is a continuation of our previous, I think it was one or two podcasts uh, back, uh, talking about the Holy Spirit, because we, we touched the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are very, very important because they are a point of reference for us uh, for salvation. Correct, Father? Absolutely. Without those gifts, what do we do? Absolutely. But we're also expected to show fruits and consequences. And sometimes it doesn't happen, no? And, uh, and this is exactly what we wanted to, to talk about today. How, what, what we can do so that those seven gifts somehow shine in our life for the benefit of our spiritual life and also for our families, for working places, for, you know, those who are teaching, those who have different obligations. When those 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit are there, that means that uh, holiness is there. And it's a very good way to abide by that famous principle, by the fruit, you know, the tree, right? So, Father, how can we help our audience to somehow visualize these 12 fruits? It's so important, the gifts and then the fruits of the Holy Spirit, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself, he make it very clear. You need to receive the Holy Spirit for you to understand what I have told you. So it was not enough to hear our Lord Jesus Christ, to listen to his word, etc. If you don't receive the Holy Spirit that will open your heart to this, it's not enough. Not enough. So this is why this program is so important. If we can... Um, understand the fruits of the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit is going to, has to produce in us. And you will see that uh, St. Paul, when he explains this in the letter to the Galatians, he doesn't say fruits in plural. He mentions the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and then there you go. he will explain what it is and all the characteristics of the fruit uh, of, of the, the Holy Spirit, which are 12 in the, um, in, in the Vulgata, uh, translation of the Bible for St. Jerome. But originally, 
There are nine characteristics in the, uh, in, the, in the previous text. But nevertheless, it doesn't matter because actually it's uh, very much the same. Can we explain a little bit? Because, you know, we are famously, Catholics are famously um, illiterate when it comes to the Bible, right? <laughs> I mean, and then this is a, this is a problem because, uh, of course, you have different versions and maybe we can help you know, the audience to, to clarify a little bit exactly which one it is because the Vulgate, we're talking about the Bible that was translated yes. by... By? St. Jerome. St. Jerome. St. Jerome, he translated using the Hebrew text. Then we have the Septuagint, and that was translated out of Alexandria. Because Alexandria had a phenomenal library, and the king, or, or I don't know who, who was there, but he wanted to have a copy of this famous yeah. Hebrew book. Yeah. So they sent 72 representatives, six by each uh, tribe, and then the, the tradition tells you know, that it was beautiful, that they translated, and Some worked in pairs, some worked in a bigger group, some worked alone. And all the translations they turned in into were exactly the same. Into Greek, no? Sorry, into Greek. They were translating into from Greek. Hebrew into Greek. Exactly. Yes. And don't forget, uh, in the ancient world, Greek was the lingua franca. No, exactly. Anyone who was educated um, spoke Greek. Um, St. Peter's evangelization in Rome was done in Greek. Um, St. Paul's evangelization, both in Rome and in all of Asia Minor, was done in Greek. Uh, Alexandria was a center of Greek knowledge, Hellenism. Mm -hmm. Only later would be in North Africa, outside of Egypt, would Latin be a question, would be a language of, of study. And, and that's where the Vulgate comes, right? St. Jerome receives that yeah. request to Precisely. put that into Latin now. In Latin now, at that point. And that's at that point, Latin was making a resurgence, and it was uh, the language which was being spoken. But for many years, many for basically you know three, four hundred years, um, Greek was the language of liturgy, the, litur the language of the Word of God. So it's really important for us to remember that part because um, they weren't saying Mass in Latin; they were saying in Greek, and they oh, were yeah, um, reading and corresponding in Greek. Yeah, some yeah. of our contemporaries tend to think that uh, the apostles already said Mass in Latin. No, uh, no, <laughs> the, 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 sorry, not at all. We all love Latin, but no, it wasn't that way, right? And St. Jerome is what, the 5th century, in the beginning of the 5th century. Yeah, he's the time of, uh, of St. Augustine. Yeah, And St. Augustine exactly. was part of that whole Latin mm -hmm. movement, as he said in his confessions, that uh, he detested Greek because Greek didn't fall off the tongue in the same manner that Latin did. Latin was like honey, and uh, Greek <laughs> was like vinegar. Ooh, that's strong. <laughs> all right. So, yep. But so many things got lost in, lost in translation, no, with that. But well, that, that will be the topic of another of another podcast. But there you go. So you have nine fruits or twelve fruits, but basically it's the same. It's the same. It's how it's divided. It, they divide it one way and they divide another, and it ends up being the same things. Absolutely. But we will see that uh, there is a strong reason why Saint Paul used fruit in singular. So it's the fruit of the Holy Spirit, because actually they are all connected together, and you cannot have one without the other. They come all together. It's the love, actually, of God that comes to you as uh, a follow-up of the gift that you received from, from God, which is uh, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this is the fruit that is going to make you um, produce all the good things that you have to, to do in life. But the, the, the vision of the program today is to help our audience to visualize somehow we can apply the fruits of the Holy Spirit. We can share, we can uh, shine no, with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And also some examples 
um, when typically the fruits of the Holy Spirit are, are absent. Absolutely. And, and by, by the way, we have to warn everybody, uh, this, uh, the, we, we had access to a very interesting conversation between Joe and Jay because they ended up not don't tell anyone, but they ended up working together in the same project, uh, in a cooperative project. And you know how, how corporative, um, corporate, uh, ambiences sometimes are, right? So we're gonna, you know, we're gonna share a little bit in what, what's happening there in the boardroom. But are, are the holy people? The, well, they're, uh, uh, we, should, we should do like the, like the, like the holy authors in the Bible. They don't tell you, but they show you, <laughs> you know, what are the, the consequences of what happens. So maybe we can move for a moment to the board room, uh, where Jay and Joe are working and, and, and I'm sure that They're going to show us a little bit of some practical consequences of uh, the fruits of the Holy Spirit and when they are not there sometimes. <laughs> so, Joe, who would have thought, eh? You and me working on this project together? Funny, eh? But I think our company got a deal after all. And we did it too. Yep, we deserved it. It is what it is. So, by the way, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, my niece confirmation, you know, everyone in church, big gathering, big social and a nice party after. Yeah, see all the families, in-law, cousins. I mean, don't get me wrong. No one goes to church anymore. But for weddings, confirmation and first, commu you know, first communions, no one miss a bit. <laughs> Same here. It is what it is. Yeah. You know my cousin Enzo? Enzo, yeah, 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 I know him. We worked together some months ago. Yeah, he's giving me a hard time. You know, he owes me two grand and does not want to give me the money back. I'm very upset. Hold on, hold on. Enzo? Oh, he's a good guy. He's a good heart. Yeah. Family man. But he should be honest. I need the money back. Listen, Joe, just try to understand him. Hold on for a bit more. Just give him a chance, you know? Peace and kindness rule everything. Yeah. But the other day he told me you're a crook and a lazy bum. What? He said that about me. And he owes you $2,000. You know what? I think you should just send them to collections. What are you waiting for? So there we go. Then that's an issue, eh? Charity, especially when people, well, I mean, people owe us something or whatever. Yeah, if it doesn't uh, fulfill our goals, collection agency. Charity is a virtue, but it's also a fruit of the Spirit. So when we look at charity, right, it's also known as love. It's one of the three theological virtues, along with hope and faith. As a theological virtue, charity is infused by God through the sacraments. And it's terrible when we lose the opportunity of receiving that, no? Because if we don't pay attention, right, those gifts don't come and they were dry. Well, we're not at gifts, we're at, we're at the virtues. Absolutely. But without the first step, we don't have the second. Now, I'm not about sure about our friends, but I'm not even sure we're at the first step. No. It depends. When everything goes well, we love everybody. Then well, that's sudden, not love, that's self-interest. <laughs> then all yeah. of a sudden, oh my goodness, somebody crossed my way and that's it. Oh, but jail, jail the person, of course. I mean, why not? But that's self-interest, that's not love. Mm -hmm. Besides, it finishes because there's no real fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's just a, uh, something of, uh, as you said, of your own interest. I, I think sometimes we actually look at it a little bit really wrong, which is that we, we look at the fruits are kind of like a graduate level. Mm -hmm. 
um, and the virtue is our introductory or kind of like your high school or your elementary. And we, we some people jump towards the fruit without having the tree. Yeah. We need the tree first. Exactly. We need something, but we're, we're not interested in the tree. We want fruits directly. So we go to the supermarket and buy them. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> Download them. <laughs> Download them, yeah. So the, that's why uh, St. Paul gives such an importance to love. No? In, the, in his letter to the Corinthians, uh, he has a wonderful definition of, of love, of true love, no? mm. which uh, he says that without this, he's nothing. He said, without love, you know, you, you can be a prophet, you can be this, etc. Without love, you're nothing. So, we, uh, yeah, we recommend the audience to read it. Eh? No, it's, it's absolutely wonderful. One, chapter 13. 13. So beautiful. Let, let's so uh, just read one, one passage because he says, love is patient. Yes. You know, so you see how you know for him love and patience the same thing. This is why it's his one fruit and not uh, not a hundred or twelve or whatever. <laughs> love is patient. Love is by nature, you know, is uh, something that that makes you uh, accept everything. You're patient. Love is kind. So you want the good of the others. It is not jealous. Love is not pompous. It is not inflated. It is not rude. It does not seek its own interest. Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, that's pretty much the thermometer everything. of everything. Mm -hmm. No, because when when we seek for our own interest, obviously that's not love. That's self-interest. That's 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 that valueless. Precisely. So so there is no fruit if it's not based on love. There is no fruit that anyone can have if it's not based on this love of God that that Saint Paul mentions. A thermometer or a mission or mm -hmm. all of a sudden you know, one of those characteristics that we need really to, to, to ask God. Because in the end of the story, if we don't have that, it's because we need to ask the Holy Spirit to give Of course, that, right? exactly. And most of people today, you know, they, they, they mention love, but actually they, they, what, what they are speaking about is something completely different to the love that is in the, in the Scripture, the love of God. Well, there's two, four, four different ways of love in Scripture. And unfortunately, most people fall towards the fourth, which is passionate love, mm -hmm. which is the least and less, least. least qualified, uh, least important of the four types. And what's also funny is that you, you, you're quoting from the 13th chapter of, uh, of St. Paul there. Um, that quote is used in marriages all the time, but I'm not sure anybody's listening, right? They like it because it's very sweet and very nice, but no one's listening, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They're wanting or comprehending. You know, exactly. it's an application to oneself. It's an application to that agrape, that sacrificial element, and no one's interested in sacrifice. So we're we're completely missing the point with people. But the very first uh, encyclical of Pope Benedict uh, was very famous. He decided to do it exactly about the topic, yeah. about love, because he identifies all kinds of love. And I think it's very important for us to read that, no? Because uh, uh, if we are really going to, to figure out the real meaning of love, that is... Very well explained by Pope Benedict right there. But then there is another of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And I think Jay and Joe have something to share about that too. Send my cousin to collection agency? Easier said than done. Yeah, right. Then my mother-in-law will give me, you know, heck. <laughs> it's okay, Joe. Relax. Chill. Remember, we're here to smile and have a great time. You know, look at me. I have great things in my life. It gives me joy. A nice car. The house is paid off, beautiful family. My emotions in my career are always in balance. I have all the joy I want. I don't need this life to come, Holy Spirit madness. I have all I want here on earth. All I can touch and see, it is what it is. 
So here we go. As long as uh, I'm a balanced person, as long as everything goes well, and then I'm a joyful. But is that joy really centered in the love of God, or is, or is it just centered here on earth? As Saint Augustine makes it very clear that the only way to really have joy is based on something that it will last forever. If it doesn't last forever, you know, the joy is going to finish. So it's not joy anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think one thing we should look at also in the Catechism of the Catholic Church, eighteen thirty-two, is these all these particular fruits and how they interconnect, and it's not a lesson in how to be a good Stoic. Because that's what your position is. Have balance, emotional. That's a good Stoic, but not a good Christian. Exactly. Now, there are forms of Stoicism may, which may assist in our Christian life. But our Christian life is, as St. Robert of Mosiam said, is to live life like a candle, which is burning, burning bright until we burn out. It's not a question of being balanced. It's to give. So, yeah. Because we're balanced doesn't make us virtuous, doesn't make us love God. You might actually ask yourself, are you loving yourself? But then now we're going to see what happens when all of a sudden the balance goes away and some other factors come in. Let's go back there to the boardroom. You know, as I said, I have all I need here on earth. That's my joy and my peace. Yeah, so far so good. But did you hear the bad news? You know, your company is about to lay off 3,000 employees next week. What? No, 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 that, 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 that won't happen. Yes, it will. Junior and senior managements too. Ugh, no, no way. Even if they get laid off, not me. It won't happen to me. So here we go. Peace goes away, right? When there is a threat, when there is some problem. Father, how can we avoid that? Because that happens in families too, right? Whenever all of a sudden everything is going well, then catastrophes happen, problems happen, um, people lose their jobs or whatever. How do we keep the peace in the family? Because real peace is based on order. Real peace is the tranquility that the order gives. If you are in order in your life, it doesn't matter what happens to you. Because you know that at the end, everything will be fine. If you are not in order with God, it doesn't matter how much money you can make, but you are not happy. You're not in peace because you know that this is going to finish a bad way. <laughs> so. Well, we have two symbols of that, one in the Old Testament, one in the New. We have Job in mm -hmm. the Old Testament, oh. and we have the letter of St. Peter, First Peter, in the New. And both of them resemble the same thing, which is the peace of knowing that you're in the good, um, good graces of God. Right? Job is struggling with it, but he, he constantly asks himself, what have I done wrong? Right? And when he can't find it, he continues to have trust in God. Exactly. And St. Peter tells his early church to be trusting in God, to have peace, to be prepared for the persecutions that were coming, but to have peace. So, uh, if, our, if our faith isn't built on these mores, then in truth, we don't have much to work with. Precisely, because peace is to be in harmony with God then you're in peace. And actually, Job is a wonderful example because he was in harmony with God, so he was in peace. In spite of everything terrible that was happening to him, in his soul, in the bottom of his soul, he was loving God, he was in peace with him. And we see that at the end of the letter of Job, uh, the book of Job, sorry, um, in which his friends are trying to get him to curse God. Yeah. And he says, no. <laughs> exactly. Why? Everyone's trying to get him to do this, this act of rebellion against God, he can't because he has this peace. Of course, exactly. 
And, and that also ties very well, eh, Brother Justin, with the question of the next fruit, which is patience. Job, obviously, practice patience to a de degree that uh, for us is, is really difficult to, to practice, no? But there in the boardroom, uh, <laughs> at this point, I think patience has run out. Not sure about that, Jay. These things always end up bad. Look, me? L laid off? Never. Besides, I should be penalized for the incompetence of all the management. You know, you know if the company wants, does, you know, does, doesn't make enough, it's their own fault. It's only their fault, not mine. Why should I be off, you know, laid off if it's their fault? You know, it's, it's not my responsibility. It's not my responsibility. So here we go, Father, Brother Justin, uh, there is a problem because, uh, I mean, something went wrong, definitely. Uh, and then we are always blaming someone else. Precisely. This is the beauty of love because uh, it is nice if everybody loves you of course you know <laughs> everything is fine you don't need to have any patience because nobody's doing anything against you but when something goes wrong there is when patience has to come and it's the moment in which you have to prove your love and you have to transform your love um, for god in patience for the others in the sense that okay this is wrong I'm not going to pay some, uh, bad with bad. I'm not going, going to pay an offense with another offense. Evil with to, evil. Evil with evil. I'm going to do it the other way around. I'm going to, to, to give something good to the other who is doing uh, something uh, bad to me. And this will transform him. This is the only way that I can transform and save the situation. Because sometimes you tend to react that way, you know? I mean, it's obvious it's somebody else's fault. We didn't do this. Exactly. Uh, it's a weakness from someone, right? But there we, <laughs> there is where the Holy Spirit is going to show. I think the key here is that these difficulties and problems and setbacks that are, that are in our way, we're called to use the moral virtue of fortitude, to be strong in face of these, these setbacks, and to you know commit ourselves to God. That's what patience is. Patience isn't disinterest. Patience isn't. Um, being irresponsible and just sort of exactly disconnecting mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and blaming others is the easiest way to go <laughs> of course. it is not my responsibility i am not responsible for this i haven't done this therefore uh i can do anything against these people because they just hurt me uh how christian this is eh? how catholic <laughs> beautiful vision of the world so this connects to, with the next one which is the question of kindness and kindness is sacrificing for others and uh, especially when maybe they're not entitled to, to receive this kindness from us, but still as, you know, virtuous people, we are supposed to, to do this. So let's go back there to Jay and Joe and see how kindness is involved in this dialogue. Once I heard a company case, a big company once took a stand at laying people off. When the management had to lay off thousand people, thousand workers, the top management decided to go first. You know, they sacrificed their packages and took the first hit to save the employees and company. And they saved everyone. Yeah, that sounds like one of those uh, corporate perfect stories. I bet you it never even happened. Me? Take off my pay and be laid off? Never. I would never do that for anyone. Me? Sacrificing my pay for someone else? No way. This is corporate culture. That just doesn't happen. Right on, Jay. Corporate life is not easy. Your loss, my gain, as they say. Someone's mistake is your chance, 
It is the law of the wild. Eat or be eaten. So here we go. Sacrifice for someone else? I will never do that. Well, you see, if society was based just in justice, it would be, you know, a terrible thing. It would be hell. <laughs> it would be hell. It would be hell. <laughs> see, if there were no, nobody doing something kind when the other one did something wrong, then the, the life would be impossible. The ones who like the idea of this justice only, if you, look, if you listen to how they talk about it, they picture themselves on top with the foot. They're the ones mm -hmm. giving justice. If you qu quickly flip it around, they're not so interested. Exactly. The Greek uh, word for kindness is uh, Christotis. Hmm? And um, they, uh, they will use this expression regarding when a wine was old and nice and a wine was uh, mellow and smooth, it will be Christotis. Hmm? <laughs> a kind wine. Yeah, it's a kind wine. So it's a wine that is always kind. No, ma no matter who is going to drink it, he's kind to him. Can it be sour? <laughs> <laughs> no, it can be sour. So this is beautiful as a, as a characteristic of the, um, of, of the Holy Spirit. When somebody, regardless of what you do to that person, he will be always kind to you. Always being kind. I remember the story of this Italian um, a saint who was a nun and then she became a, a nurse, Maria Bertilla Boscardin. She died in 1922 in, in the northeast of uh, Italy. And she was a very, very simple girl that one day she went to visit uh, her parish priest and uh, she said to him, uh, priest, uh, uh, father, no, I want to uh, to become um, a saint. Send me to any convent. It doesn't matter which order it is because I just want to be a saint. <laughs> it doesn't matter where I go. <laughs> and uh, she was uh, actually very simple with uh, very few qualities and, uh, and the, the parish priest said, well, I don't know if anyone is going to accept it. Do you know to do, do, do something? Well, I know to clean potatoes, etc. Ah, okay, well. So, <laughs> so finally she goes to the Sisters of St. Dorothy and uh, they send her to the kitchen. But one day, the sister in charge of the hospital uh, got sick and they needed somebody to replace her. And they, they said, well, let's, let's try uh, Bertilla. So they sent Bertilla and it was a hospital for children with diphtheria. Oof. That were poor children that were very difficult to control. They, uh, they were always screaming and this and this and that, etc. So they sent Bertilla and uh, she starts, you know, to treat them kindly. The tremendous kind. They, they were they were terrible, but she was extremely kind. And what happened is, in a very short time, the children loved her so much that even when they were cured, they didn't want to go. <laughs> they wanted to stay because they, they wanted to stay with Bertilla. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> so you see, uh, kindness can can solve problems that any other thing cannot solve. Hmm. Kindness is a beautiful aspect of God. Goodness. And goodness that God gives to us for us to um, to use it in in our lives and society. Another element to look at is it also shows compassion, understanding, and generosity towards others, mm -hmm. and embodying, packaging God's love and mercy. So it's a exactly. it's a nexus point between the two points. Beautiful. Exactly. Otherwise, it's the law of the wild, like uh, like they were saying there in the yeah. you know in the in the dialogue. I mean, it's eat or be eaten. Exactly. And that's the conversation was saying, no hell on earth, hell on earth directly. Let's continue with the with the with the dialogue because now we're going to talk about 
a different fruit, which is very, very difficult to, to, to figure out. But let's go there to the boardroom. By the way, Joe, I almost forgot to tell you. Last Monday, one of your guys, uh, I can't remember his name, he came to see me and said you were lazy and did not work well with the rest of the team. Serious? The tall guy with the curly hair? Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Hmm. Thank you for the tip. I'll fire him tomorrow. Difficult to, to, to visualize eh, this, uh, this fruit because it's also, I think we need to go to the dictionary first to, mm -hmm. to find it out, which is longanimity. So, Brother Father, how do we explain that to the, to the audience? This um, is, is, a, is patience, is endurance, hmm? is a step forward, you know, in the, um, in, in the, in, in the virtue in which uh, the person um, uh, is, is completely absent of herself in the relation with the others. When somebody does something against, against a person, he responds with longanimity, he responds with extreme kindness that uh, surpasses, you know, in a certain sense, the uh, nature or human nature. This is why virtue is, is always a step forward of human nature. Um, human nature is something that is uh, right, but you have to take it a step forward and make it better. Uh, God gives us uh, this uh, opportunity. He, he gives us all the elements for us to be good, but he wants us to be perfect. He wants us to take it to perfection. And long, longanimity is the perfection of kindness and of goodness and of everything else that we have seen before. Mm. So it's doing good specifically to those who don't like us. Exactly. Those who like persecute you. us, Precisely. those who hate us. This, that's very difficult. Another way of looking at it, it is a moral excellence. Mm -hmm. Moral excellence. Manifesting okay. virtuous actions, integrities in our relationships and conduct. We do good for the sake of doing good. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Somebody else defined that as remaining steadfast while we're under attack by other people and personal attacks. So yes, I mean, our reaction would be, yes, oh, this person spoke badly about me, fire him, right? But all of a sudden, <laughs> if we are going to do something different, maybe situation changes, right? And we're not saying that that's going to convert that person, but we always need to, to, to try and somehow find a solution. No? Beautiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the next one that, that is coming, let's go back to the boardroom because I don't know, to, today is really getting very difficult, eh, the conversation, but I think it's very important because we cannot supply this to the family. Can you imagine someone saying, I'm not good enough? I will destroy him. Revenge is better than when served cold. That's it, Joe. That's the way it's done. Yeah. Well done. It is what it is. Yes. So here we go. Father, revenge is better when it's served cold. So you wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and when the person was not expecting it, boom, you <laughs> took revenge. Beautiful. Eh? That's, that's nonsense. That, that, that's, um, it makes us that, unhappy, probably, right? It makes us, some, makes us bitter. Bitter, exactly. But the person carries that with them for years awaiting their moment to revenge themselves on that person, to, as Shakespeare would say, catch them on the hip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the moment in which you just get them and you devour them. 
and it, it involves grudges yeah? for oh, years and years and years and years. And the person remembers every single aspect of the scene when that person mistreated or whatever. And now they are ready to quote. But in the what happens justice. most times, most times with those types of people, they exaggerate it. Mm -hmm. So they have this thing perfectly memorized, but it was never as bad as what you said. True. If it was this bad, the person should have gone to jail. Yeah. But no, but it wasn't as bad as that. But you, you steeped it in brine and vinegar and, and you're just, you're just spewing. And years later, you get your opportunity, but you find out that it wasn't, it wasn't what you imagined. And you think now you get your joy, but there's no joy. It's just a pit of sadness. With Brother Justin, we were reading, you know, listening actually to an audiobook, The Count of Monte Cristo. I think Brother Justin was 52 hours of reading, but it's wow. fascinating. But you have that example, no? I mean, in that sense, in this, in, in the case of The Count of Monte Cristo, there was no misunderstandings, right? But sometimes in life, there could be misunderstandings, no? Probably the person maybe didn't mean that. Mm -hmm. Did you figure out? Did you find out? Did you really, truly verify but that the person wanted to do that evil to you or was a misunderstanding? But in Monte Cristo, Although he was justified, mm -hmm. once he gets his revenge, he perceives he's gone too far. And he's perceived that it's giving him no happiness when he drives one, the one insane. And then he pulls back. And he pulls back. And he says, I'm not going to lose myself for their sake. He, realize, he doesn't do it out of virtue. He realizes that he's going to lose himself. Um, and at a certain moment, when I think a, a child dies, yes. that he, you know, he says, well, Poisons now I cannot child. say anymore that the hand of God is with me. Right? So because, it's just because revenge yeah? generates, generates a vicious circle that never ends. And uh, it will go on and on and on till till the destruction of both sides. I mean, no we're not going to go political here on the, on the, on the podcast, mm -hmm. but look at the situation in the Middle East. Right? Yeah. Deep down, exactly. it's because there's no forgiveness. no forgiveness. No forgiveness on this side, no forgiveness on that side. They are just waiting and then um, the, probably the solution would be a Christian Christian way of doing of it. Course. But when forgiveness is absent, that's where you go. They need the Holy Spirit. It's the only solution. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and this brings us to the next one, which is faith. Mm. Let's go to the boardroom. Let's see where faith is and how much maybe we need to, to fix the situation with this fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joe, relax. You know, after all, what really matters is here and now. You got the chance. Take no prisoners. Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It is what it is. You don't owe anyone anything. Remember, you're in charge. So here we go. Faith. When we see the hand of God present in our life, constantly present, and whatever we have that is good, or whatever virtues we have, or talents we have, they come from God, they don't come from us. And I think here, um, you know, Jay was a little bit uh, <laughs> on the other side, no? If everything I have is because I conquered it. It's a beautiful definition of faith also is divine persuasion. Divine persuasion. So mm -hmm. you are persuaded of something wonderful by who? By God himself. So, and you transmit the faith to others by also persuading the others of what God wants to persuade you, uh -huh. which is that he exists, that he is good, that he's all these wonderful things of the Holy Spirit and uh, that this is what, what, what you need. So, it's so important. Faith is uh, essential. And faith brings us to be very thankful because every time we realize the beautiful things God has placed in our lives that come from Him, 
No, we practice faith because we recognize that it's a higher being, but also makes us very thankful and appreciative to the, the things we have that maybe our details are small and yet that is present in our life. And uh, when people are not thankful, they also turn into bitter. Bitter. But also this has in mind a steadfastness. Mm -hmm. The person who you can count on, that they're always there, that they'll have your back. Mm -hmm. They're not wishy-washy. They're not uh, fly-by-night. Mm -hmm. They're also... Um, they're also loyal. Loyalty, you know? And they're loyal to God mm -hmm. and loyal to those around them. And with the, within that loyalty, they remain true to their promises and commitments, their relationships, and the teachings of the church. So with this fruit, they become a true child of the church. They are true ch children of the church. And uh, on a human aspect, they're great people to have as friends. Because they're not going to stab you in the back. Beautiful. No, for sure, for sure. You cannot only trust, but also all those who, who recognize openly that God is in charge, not I. Yeah. Right? And that, that, that reflects, obviously, in the way we treat others and in the way we, we deal with others. Right? So let's go back to the boardroom and to Jay and Job. Because, yes, in the end, everything is about virtue, or at least it seems. Thank you, Jay. You know, that's helped a lot. After all, all my success, talents come from my hard work and no one else. And with all the gifts I have, it's not bad to have an ambition, correct? After all, I did not get here by chance. You know, it all comes from me, myself and I, and my hard work. Exactly. All that matters is here and now. After all, I'm sure my niece learned all that in her confirmation classes. Right on, Joe. It is what it is. It's all about temperance and self-control. So as we could see throughout the whole dialogue, in the end, everything is about self-control. And so, there we go. Modesty, chastity, Father, what can we say? Self-control is, let's say, the common denominator of, uh, of these uh, fruits. Because um, if... Um, you cannot control yourself. You what? What are you? You're wild. You're a barbarian. <laughs> you're you're a, a person without control. And unfortunately, this is so common today. People actually don't know how to control themselves anymore. Everybody wants to, in the in the opposite, wants to do whatever he wants. So he, they want to officialize. They want to make it clear. To make to make it official that. Uh, you can do whatever you want and you can be whatever you think you, you, you want to be. And we can twist reality according and, to our own purposes. Exactly. Form reality. So th this, this is the end of, uh, of mankind. This is the end of, of a human being. What's interesting is we were had speaking beforehand the fifth chapter of Galatians and which he goes through the works of this flesh. Yeah. And if you, it's a litany on this problem. Absolutely. It's a straight, like it's a straight cascade of, of issues. And each one is uh, in function of this very problem, right? And what we've been talking about this evening were all these different things. So we have immortal, uh, immorality, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, rivalry, jealousy, outbursts of fury, acts of selfishness, dissensions, factions, occasions of envy, Drinking bouts, orgies, and the like. 
Like that's just like cascade of problems. Yeah, you tend to think about chastity specifically, no problems with the virtue of chastity purity. No, no, no. It's all that list you, it's you all read. Linked. It's all linked. And that's an important part. It's that it's all in the same problem. A person with chastity issues is having problems with their temper. Mm-hmm. Right is having problems with their selfishness. Is having problems with dissensions. Is it's all interconnected factions, is it? factions, so on and so forth. And the list is so big, actually, that 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 Saint Paul says that uh, and the like. No, the like. I mean it, it doesn't like. finish. It's much more. He had a scribe who was writing for him, and he's like, mm-hmm. okay, just like, yeah, yeah, you get the message. <laughs> Paper was expensive, but I mean, we we could add in our own words. But, of course, um, and this is in face of what? The fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit. So, this is a cascade of, of evilness, of bile that flows out of this last problem. But it encapsulates all of, all of them. So, temperance yeah. and self control, basically. Yeah, so, in the sense, evil has no limit. No? So, each one can invent a worse thing or, or, or do it in a different way, etc. But there's one last phrase here, which is important, mm-hmm. and I think you're going to get at very quickly, which is, I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things mm-hmm. will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Exactly. What does that mean? Well, that, that they would not go to heaven. No? That's right. obvious. Huh? That's, what, yeah, that's exactly. what is being said. Because sometimes people like to um, because if you go to parse, parse those words a little bit, right? Say, well, they won't inherit the kingdom of heaven, but they get to go to heaven. Well, confused. Yeah, confused. Well, doesn't God accept us the way we are? So if we, if, if this is what we do, then God will accept us. Well, it doesn't look like no. No, no, <laughs> it doesn't look like. <laughs> Even purgatory, because you say then, then if you're in purgatory, you, you inherited the kingdom of God. Jesus didn't say be whatever you want to be. No, he said he said be perfect. I must. Heavenly Father is perfect. This is what we need to be, but not uh, just whatever we want. No. But that's the problem we have today. The the Christianity that is preached today is um, be be the be whatever you like to be, and it's okay. It's okay. It's God loves you the way you are. I don't remember that in the gospel, but no, no. they must have a different edition than I do because it's not the same. <laughs> but it's not the Vulgate. It's not the Vulgate. Paul was very much against that concept. He was very much about changing. Take, allowing the old self to die and a new self to be born, the old self with all of the vices. So, and probably mm-hmm. this points us to to the real essence, eh, Father, which mm-hmm. is the life of prayer. Because again, no, no, not by having a to do list, not by having uh, you know an app that's going to tell us what virtue to practice every day and at what moment. How much mindfulness to, you're running? There you go. <laughs> How much <laughs> a thankfulness that you know we are there? No, it's a matter of life of prayer, no? So that, that probably is going to motivate our, our audience to, to think a little bit more about the question of prayer because then when we realize that we don't have mm, these fruits and how much we need them, well, the only solution then is a very fresh and thriving life of prayer. And you have to ask the spouse of the Holy Spirit to bring the Holy Spirit to you. And there is a, a beautiful prayer that, that you have there, no? the uh, Veni Santi Spiritus. It's a, it's a very old prayer. We don't even know when, when, it, when it started. But it has um, a tremendous meaning and, and, uh, and very efficient prayer, asking the Holy Spirit. By the way, if you go to the channel, 
of uh, the Heralds of the Gospel Canada, you are going to find that prayer, which is uh, recorded, and very beautiful, and you can actually play it all the time because it's okay. really very, very nice. It has music, it has really inspiring. It's in it's in, in the Gregorian chant in Latin. Mm-hmm. Really, very, very nice. Well, let's, let's read it in English. Okay. Come, Holy Spirit, send out from heaven the ray of your light. Come, Father of the poor. Come, giver of gifts. Come, light of hearts. Greatest comforter, sweet guest of the soul, sweet consolation. In labor, rest. In heat, temperness. In tears, solace. O most blessed light, fill the inmost heart of your faithful. Without the nod of your head, there is nothing in man, nothing that is harmless. Cleanse what is unclean. Water, what is parched. Heal, what is wounded. Bend, what is inflexible. Warm, what is chilled. Correct, what is gone astray. Give to your faithful, who trust in you, the sevenfold gift. Give virtue's reward. Give salvation's end. Give joy eternal. Beautiful. There we go. So we can say in one word, no? that the world will become such a better place if the fruits of the Holy Spirit of course. were hmm? nurtured. nurtured and found everywhere. And that's probably the reign of Mary, no? that, uh, the, exactly. that Montfort spoke about. It's the reign of the Holy Spirit, because uh, Mary is the, the spouse of the Holy Spirit. So, so let's uh, finish with a Hail Mary for um, all of those who are or accompanying us, that uh, through intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Holy Spirit will come to you. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, now, now and in the hour of our death. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God.